the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Or 715. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And hour number two is underway at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock on this holy Thursday, the 18th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. I hope you have a very blessed and solemn and reflective weekend in front of you as we celebrate on Sunday the risen Lord. Um, wow. Uh, Attorney General William Barr has left the building. <laughs> he did so with a bat flip. Uh, just a tremendous statement by the Attorney General declaring that it is not he, but it is Attorney General uh, Bob Mueller who wrote the report, and he quoted directly from the report and the words of Bob Mueller, not using his own, quoted directly and declared, no collusion and no evidence of obstruction. That should be the end of it, but we know it won't be. The uh, full report is going to be transmitted, apparently, and made available online to the American people in its redacted form at 11. Uh, members of Congress are going to be getting the report at about, at about the same time. The Democrats uh, will indeed be flooding uh, cities near you with a monsoon of tears. Uh, and, of course, uh, thunder will be heard in the form of their shrieks and cries and anger uh, because the President of the United States is not going to be impeached after all. So if you want to react and respond to that, we'll take your uh, messages on Twitter and Facebook, France Radio in both places, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, because we have very little room on the phone lines right now because I want to bring our regular Thursday guest to the airwaves. Dr. Everett Piper is the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He's also the best-selling author of Not a Daycare, Washington Times columnist, and more. Uh, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, good to have you back. As always, sir, how are you this morning? 
I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure, and uh, Dr. Piper, we are going to talk about your latest column uh, in the Washington Times. We're going to talk about the faux Christianity or the manufactured and twisted and fake Christianity being advanced by certain Democratic candidates for president as they assault Christian men like uh, Mike Pence. But before I let you do all of that, I just wanted to get your uh, reaction. I'm sure you saw at least part of, if not all, of what Attorney General Barr had to say over the course of the last half hour. Well, my question to uh, American people, whether you're on the right or the left, whether you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump, Democrat, Republican, progressive, conservative, liberal, is a question from an old classic movie, can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? Is the truth going to judge the debate, or is your political agenda going to carry more weight at the end of the day than the objective facts that are brought before your eyes. And Mueller has said no collusion and no obstruction of justice. The Attorney General has read quotes from the report that's cost millions of dollars accordingly and taken endless months to come to this conclusion. Now, if you don't like Donald Trump, it should not matter whether you do or whether you don't. What should matter is the truth. And this is what good journalism and good commentary should be predicated upon, is the truth. There has to be a measuring rod outside of those things being measured, or you can do no measuring, C.S. Lewis. In other words, there has to be a lady justice that is blind as she puts the various different issues of the day in the scales to assess their veracity. And this report needs to be considered aside from your political agenda. It needs to be considered based on the facts. Like Ben Shapiro is fond of saying, uh, your, uh, my facts don't care about your feelings. Your feelings about Trump, the Republican Party, conservatives and whatnot should not matter right now. What should matter is what is the truth. This thing should be put to bed. No collusion, no obstruction of justice. Let's move on and talk about things that matter in the context of truth. Very well said, and uh, that that should be the way things go. Uh, 22 months of investigation, and uh, Bob Mueller had the highest praise and the highest personal regard from so many, in fact, virtually all Democrats who thought that he was going to go and find what they believed was there. After all, they couldn't have actually lost the presidential election fair and square because they ran a terrible candidate who ran a terrible campaign. There had to be collusion. Bob Mueller will find it, and now when Bob Mueller didn't find it, they cannot accept the results. They don't care about that word that you just brought, which is truth. Now, let's use that to pivot uh, and uh, and segue into, again, your uh, most recent uh, op-ed for the Washington Times. I've been talking about this for a week and a half now. Uh, Mayor Pete from South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, has decided to... Um, uh, attack an evangelical Christian, a man who was a Catholic and is an evangelical Christian, uh, for things that this evangelical Christian has never even said. Talking about Vice President Mike Pence, he has decided that his victim class status as an openly gay man is going to get him a lot of sympathy if he appears to be beaten up or attacked by Christian men. So he invented attacks by Mike Pence that did not exist uh, in order to defend his lifestyle choice and his homosexual marriage to uh, his his partner or his husband or whatever they're going to call that. Um, and and at this holy time right now, Dr. Piper, you know, this is the holiest week on the Christian calendar. We're getting ready to celebrate the risen Lord on on uh, on Sunday. 
Um, it sounds like Pete Buttigieg and his supporters and followers are trying to reinvent Christianity to suit their modern-day needs. And I know that's what you focused a great deal on in this article. Yeah, the article is titled, uh, Buttigieg, is that how you pronounce his name, Buttigieg? I've heard it, Buttigieg, Buttigieg, uh, uh, and a lot of different okay, accents on right. it. I've, I've, I've gone with Buttigieg because that's how it reads to me. Okay, I'm going to follow your lead because I didn't know for sure how to pronounce it. So my article is about that and the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Buttigieg, claiming that his version of Christianity, his new definition of Christianity, and frankly his new definition of Jesus, is going to trump the wisdom of the ages, the teachings of the Church, and the biblical truths that we have before us. How does he do so? He actually challenges Mike Pence from a podium in Washington, D.C., where he says that, Mr. Pence, Mr. Vice President, if you have a problem with me being gay, you have a problem with my creator, sir, you don't have a problem with me. I'll say that again. This is Buttigieg's uh, claim about Pence. Mr. Pence, if you have a problem with me being gay, you have a problem with my creator. You don't have a problem or a quarrel with me, sir. Well, frankly, that's not true. Mr. Mayor, I don't have a problem with your creator. I do not have a problem with uh, uh, God and his definition of what the human being is. What I do have a problem, and what Mike Pence does have a problem with, is you dumbing down the definition of what it means to be a human being to nothing but the sum total of human inclinations. You are now insulting the Imago Dei by suggesting that we... Men and women are defined by our desires and that we have no choice but to be um, controlled by our ever, every proclivity, our every appetite, and our every inclination. I disagree with that. Mayor Pence, excuse me, Vice President Pence disagrees with that. We actually celebrate the dignity of the human being by suggesting this crazy idea that we actually are morally culpable. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. And we can choose and should choose to not do some things that we in fact, are inclined to do. That's what makes us human rather than animal. That's what makes us the Imago Dei, the image of God, rather than the Imago Dog, the image of the animal, the dog, the cow, the cat, the pig. We are more than that. We can choose to behave differently. Mike Pence is honoring Orthodox Christianity's message of being transformed in the image of Christ, becoming a new creation where the old dies, the inclinations die, the passions die, and we are risen again in life as a transformed creation in Christ. In fact, let me just suggest this, and I'll take a breath. This Easter season, we might remember this, or even think about it this way. Jesus was the originator of the original trans community because he called upon us to die to self, be let the flesh die, and then be risen again with him as new creations being transformed in the image of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, rather than uh, being... Um, dumbed down to nothing but what we want to do. 
Dr. Everett Piper is my guest. Dr. Piper is uh, the outgoing, by the way, I continue to introduce you until you're not anymore, the outgoing president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. is also uh, the best-selling author of Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. I'm glad you took the uh, breath when you did, and we're going to take my time out here, and we're going to check our traffic. We're going to come back and talk about what is going on. You talk about Pete Buttigieg trying to reinvent Christianity to suit his own modern-day needs, and sadly, Christianity including the Catholic Church, appears to be allowing that to happen. We're going to talk about a local Cleveland area story, specifically a local Cleveland University, uh, that is uh, emblematic of that as we continue with Dr. Everett Piper right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1024 now we continue with, uh, on uh, AM 1420, The Answer with Dr. Everett Piper, again, the uh, president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, the best-selling author. And Dr. Piper, we're spending a lot of time, obviously, talking about Christianity and how some are seeking to change it for their own needs and uh, to, uh, to fit their own lifestyle choices, uh, such as the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who is considered now to be a rising star in the Democrat cesspool of candidates for the presidency. I want to talk about how Christianity is being changed at all levels. Um, including uh, Catholic and Jesuit institutions at the high school and at the uh, collegiate level as well. Uh, as you well know, I, I briefed you on uh, the story that I've been covering for the last couple of weeks uh, from John Carroll University here in uh, Greater Cleveland. And uh, this is a Jesuit university who ha- has essentially turned their back on, and in fact, not just turned their back on and ignored, but uh, targeted a Christian doctrine believer, a sophomore student who wonders why the church and the university continue to turn away from biblical teachings and toward the LGBT agenda. Um, he has been targeted for uh, essentially bullying uh, by both students and faculty. And um, he has been he has had his uh, ability to respond to these things taken away from him. Censorship was applied so heavily uh, handed uh, to him as far as his work on the newspaper that he was forced to resign from it. And now they continue to take pot shots at him in it all because he is trying to defend um, Christian doctrine. Um, What's going on, Dr. Piper, in our culture that uh, even those of us who wish to stand by those traditions are um, are outnumbered? It's an attempt to bully and silence open and robust debate. It is the conservative that's standing for an open exchange of ideas where he or she trusts the truth to be the judge on the debate rather than power and politics. It is the conservative who's actually rising up and being a classical liberal, if you will, somebody who believes in liberty and freedom and justice. It is the conservative that's taking a a stand for the time-tested truths that have been proven throughout the course of human history to give us the greatest measure of human freedom that we've ever enjoyed. Here's my admonition on this story at John Carroll. Always watch what they do more than what they say. I'll say it again. Always watch watch what your opponent does more than what your opponent says. In other words, what you're seeing them do in opposition to this young man who's taking a stand for Christian orthodoxy is hate under the banner of love, tolerance, excuse me, excuse me, intolerance under the banner of tolerance, 
excluding all who disagree while waving the banner of inclusion. This is what the LGBT community repeatedly does, and they do it under the banner of the rainbow flag. So they say they believe in love, but yet they demonstrate their own hate. They say they believe in tolerance, but yet they demonstrate their intolerance. They say they believe in inclusion, but yet what they do is very exclusive. This is the nature of the people who are advocating for um, love, inclusion, and tolerance. They actually wave a banner that stands for the exact opposite. There's a great article in the Wall Street Journal this week, and it's titled, The Cultural Revolution Comes to North America by Anastasia Lin. And here's a quote within that column. It says, China did not become a tyranny overnight. It happened when people learned to obey instead of challenge, to pick sides rather than to think for themselves. They assented to the obvious lies because they did not want the mob to turn on them next. God bless this young man at John Carroll University for standing against the mob. God bless you. God bless others who have the courage, the spine, the conviction to not allow the mob to intimidate them by ad hominem attacks and other fallacies that seek to malign the individual to shoot the messenger rather than to attend to the message. Dr. Everett Piper, uh, President of Oklahoma Wesleyan, and again, he's also a columnist now, uh, writing uh, uh, frequently for the Washington Times. His most recent piece is uh, on matters similar to this, the LGBT community uh, essentially attacking traditional Christianity and trying to advance their own uh, modern norms or trying what they are trying to create as norms. Uh, Doctor, I hope maybe, you know, if you consider it, and I know you have a lot of different material uh, to, to write about, but... Um, if that's something you could feature uh, in, in one of your columns, one of your upcoming columns, I'd be more than happy to put you in touch with the young man, uh, Declan Larry, because uh, I think this story needs to be told, and I think something needs to be done on some level, preferably a large one, to alert Christians all over this country who may have their heads in the sand that their faith is not only being attacked, it is being defeated. Maybe not their faith themselves, but I mean the faith that they have, uh, you know, the, the church that they have put their faith in may not be standing as strong as it once did as they continue to cave into the political correctness of this, uh, of this ongoing assault by, by certain members of our communities. Well, in fact, I am going to write on this. Thank you. And I know I've got to be very brief here. But never allow your opponent to intimidate you into silence. That's where we are right now. We don't want to be accused of things we're not guilty of, intolerance, hate, bigotry, etc. We get painted with a black brush, and then we're cowed into silence, and then lies prevail. Truth will win if we have the courage to run into the face of the storm, waving the banner of truth. And if you win, great, that's God's grace. If you lose, who cares? At least you went down fighting. You fought the good fight. I'm so glad to hear you continue to to use that word and to promote that word truth. That is what it's all about. And that's probably why it's so important in your subtitle of your bestseller, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. Dr. Everett Piper, thank you so much for your time, good sir. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Blessings and happy Easter. And the same, I was just about to say the same thing to you. I hope you have a blessed Easter weekend. Thank you so much. Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 1030, time for news. Speaking of... Well, I don't want to make this just all about Christianity, but um, certainly there are a lot of important faith-based organizations that helped to accomplish what was accomplished last week in Columbus. 
as our state legislature and our governor combined to finally win for life. The heartbeat bill is now law, and one of those who championed it, uh, State Representative Candace Keller, is going to join us to talk about that. Coming up next on AM 1420, The Answer. Experiencing the truth, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty-five. As we continue on this holy Thursday, the eighteenth morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, twenty nineteen. It is a very, very holy and solemn day for obvious reasons. Uh, the start of a weekend that is very emotional for many and most, if not all, Christians, uh, and and of course with Passover as well for all of our Jewish friends. It's a very holy time, and uh, we certainly wish everyone a very blessed uh, Easter weekend. Um, big day today on the radio as well. Thanks uh, again to uh, Dr. Everett Piper for some tremendous analysis of uh, the ongoing threats against Christianity and Christianity in some circles' uh, willingness to bend to those threats. Thanks also uh, to um, uh, thanks also to uh, uh, Attorney General William Barr, uh, who gave us a primer of what to expect in the Mueller report, which should be released in about 24 minutes at 11 o'clock. It is supposed to go live online. It will also reach the hands of members of Congress, who will uh, tear it apart line by line and look for opportunities to score political points with it. And we, of course, look forward to covering that in the coming days and weeks. It will not go away anytime soon. So we carried that for you. And now I want to pivot once again to something that, of course, is very, very important to, I know, a lot of people in this audience, because I know there are a lot of faith-based people in this uh, in this listening audience who are not just faithful themselves, but they belong to groups. And there are faith-based organizations that have worked very, very hard to lobby members of the Ohio State General Assembly, the uh, House and the, and the Senate, to protect life, to fight for life, to uh, to pass a heartbeat bill that would make it illegal for a woman to have an abortion after a second life is confirmed, after a second heartbeat is detected, indicating there are now two bodies that have to be protected, two separate individual lives that need to be protected. And, of course, we know the battle. This has uh, been years in the making. Uh, it passed last year before it was vetoed for a second time by Governor John Kasich. Not so much this time. The heartbeat bill is now the heartbeat law. It was passed and signed into law last week by Governor Mike DeWine. And joining us now to discuss this victory on behalf of life is one of the uh, champions of the legislation, uh, Ohio State Representative Candace Keller, joining us here on AM 1420, The Answer. Representative Keller, thank you so much for your time today. How are you this morning? I'm great. It's great to talk to you this morning. It is so good to talk to you about something that is just so glorious. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, this is, you know, Representative Kelly, this is not a perfect bill, uh, because as we know, um, those of us who believe that life does begin at conception, uh, you know, we know that this does not cover the protection of all life. But what a massive step in the right direction, given the exact opposite steps going into the opposite direction we have seen in other states like New York, which recently passed a law allowing birth, uh, abortions to happen literally right up until the moment of birth. Same type of legislation in Vermont. In Virginia, they sought to do worse than that, which was to allow abortion post-birth, which means just the murdering of live babies. While all of that negativity was going on here in Ohio, you and others just kept kept plodding forward, trying to take massive steps toward um, uh, the the protection of life. Can you tell me about that process and how you feel now that uh, that you and uh, and those believers in life have won? 
Well, it's hard to believe it was a nine-year battle. Ohio was the first state to introduce this bill nine years ago. This is how long it has taken us. And since that time, seven other states have passed similar bills, and I think four are pending. So you're right. You know, a year ago right now, we weren't really talking a lot about this. And then, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think the Kavanaugh hearing was kind of the beginning of um, sort of the curtain being pulled back on those that really – don't value life. And and then we heard what the Virginia governor said, mm. the New York governor. Uh, this movie has come out, Unplanned, which has turned people's attention toward Planned Parenthood. And so if you ask me, for, for pro-lifers, this is the most exciting time in all of history to be alive. It's the most exciting time, certainly, to be involved in politics, because we just passed in Ohio the most restrictive pro-life bill in the nation. And the governor signed it less than 24 hours later he was signing it um so you know it's a tremendous victory it's not over but we don't quit until we win and that's what we did um can you can you shine a little spotlight if you're able to um on some of the groups that worked with you and that uh, as i mentioned lobbied and 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 prodded and and continued to try to uh push uh, various votes across the finish line to get this thing done i mean i know there were ohio values vote value voters is one of the organizations i mean this is this is a true example is it not representative keller of grassroots work getting it done it took so many people. It took years and really hundreds of people. Um, CCB, Citizens for Community Values, was a very key organization. And of course, you know, Janet Porter is the architect of this bill. And, you know, this is a people's house. Janet Porter is a people. She is a regular citizen in Ohio who nine years ago came up with this idea that, hey, when a heart's beating, that's a person, that's a baby, a living human being, an immortal soul. And she has been a bulldog with a newspaper. She has not, she is absolutely relentless. I wish I had the tenacity that she has had. And every time that something would happen and we would think, you know, we're going to have to give up. This isn't going to work again. Time after time, she just kept going at it. And so, um, you know, there were a number of great organizations, the Right to Life Action League. We had virtually zero help from Ohio Right to Life, zero. Uh, and and so you know you kind of really find out who really truly cares about life in situations like this because if you think the governor's not with you you got to do it anyway or if you think um, you know that you're going to be defeated by a particular group or someone that seems to be a lobbyist that has power you have to do the right thing and the right thing is we kept pushing and pushing honestly up until maybe seriously like an maybe an hour before the vote we were still trying to hold off. And make and keep the bill pure and keep it a bill with no exceptions. We wanted a fourth degree felony. We ended up with fifth degree. That was we were that was not a hill worth dying on. But we kept out exceptions and we kept out. Uh, there was a lot of argument over changing it from a six week bill to a twelve week bill. Mm-hmm. We realized that that was going to cost the lives of thousands of babies, and so we literally were really pretty tenacious about saying, look. This is a deal breaker. If you change this bill into a watered-down bill that's not going to save babies, we will pull this off the floor. So you have to do this. So we kept, we stayed on uh, leadership. Our speaker is extremely pro-life. Um, and we just, you know, I, it was God. I mean, it was God, obviously, that helped us and pushed us. But you know what? As Ohio goes, so goes the nation. Ohio is called the show for a reason. I mean, a lot of states have, you know, have done this. 
But when Ohio does it, I mean, you better believe the nation is paying attention because this, this might be flyover country and, and this is the Midwest. But these, you know, no, no Republican president has ever won the White House with, without Ohio. And these salt of the earth, blue collar, hardworking people understand technology and they understand that when a heart is beating, this is a person, this is a life, and we cannot kill babies in this way. We are talking with Ohio State Representative Candace Keller, who was one of the leading proponents and supporters and sponsors of the uh, of the heartbeat bill. Um, you mentioned seven other states have passed similar legislation. Uh, Georgia, of course, was was uh, especially targeted by Hollywood for whatever reason um, in the past several weeks, saying that if you pass this heartbeat bill, uh, you're going to lose you know millions, if not billions, of dollars in uh, in 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 economic growth through the film industry because we're going to not uh, shoot in Georgia anymore. Um, they didn't care. They made a statement, essentially, that said we care more about life than we do about film dollars. And they made, uh, you know, they made that, they made that position very, very clear. Has Ohio faced anything similar, either from Hollywood or anybody else, any threats of, of economic doom or some sort of other hardships if they go ahead and do something as radical as, I don't know, save babies? Well, you know what? Uh, if I wanted to live in Hollywood, I'd move to California. Hollywood, <laughs> as far as I know, has not made any threats toward Ohio. Uh, have at it. You know what? I mean, believe me, our, our economy is booming. We are bu- buzzing along at light, lightning speed, and we don't need Hollywood to survive as a state. So if they want to stay out of here, fine with us. We have had a little bit of pushback from the left on, you know, this is going to, this law is going to keep businesses from coming to Ohio. There is no truth to that, no indication that that is what's going to happen. People in Ohio, they want a culture of life here, and we on, we're going to honor. This is really age discrimination, if you really think about it. A person who has not passed six inches down a birth canal uh, doesn't have the right that somebody walking around does. So we we don't do like that. We are going to honor life here, and uh, you know the outsiders that come, I mean, if anything can mess up the culture worse than Hollywood, I don't really know what it would be. So they can make threats all they like, but we're not stupid. We know who we are. We know what we want. And Hollywood can stay away if they like. It makes no difference to us. Uh, we're talking with State Representative Candace Keller about the uh, Ohio heartbeat bill being passed and uh, being signed into law now by uh, by Governor Mike DeWine. Speaking of the left and some of their obstructions, I have to ask you about one of your colleagues <clears throat> uh, because this just I'm still trying to process this in, in my head to understand why. She would specifically be uh, targeting uh, black babies, uh, uh, African-American babies, for uh, extermination uh, solely uh, as, ex- as being exempt from this, uh, from this law. I'm going to quote Janine Boyd, Representative Janine Boyd, who said the following, for those who don't know, I consider the slave trade and how black slaves were once treated like cattle and put out to stud in order to create generations of more slaves. I consider the how many masters, that's how it's worded here, uh, raped their slaves, and I consider how many masters forced their slaves to have abortions, and I consider how many pregnant slaves self-induced abortions so that they would not contribute children that they had to this slave system. And so I ask you, with all of your values, to consider that and vote yes to this amendment. The amendment, of course, being that uh, African-American women would be exempt from the heartbeat bill, and they can go ahead and uh, abort as many of their own babies as they wish. I'm almost at a loss. I'm never at a loss for words. I've been in talk radio for 21 years. I don't know how to respond to that, uh, Representative Keller. Do you? 
Well, we received that amendment only 24 hours before the vote. So when we went into caucus, which is our meeting uh, that we have before the vote, we were all quite nonplussed by this amendment. We didn't know what to think of it. Um, to me, it appears that this would be increasing the number of African-American babies that would be aborted. Now, when you're the African-American population in this nation across the board is right about 12% nationally. And in Ohio, that's about right where it's at. Um, and yet black women are seeking 38% of, of their pregnancies and an abortion. So when you're 12% of the population and you're aborting four out of 10 of your babies, this is utter self-annihilation. Now, 62% of abortion facilities are intentionally set in minority neighborhoods. So when I read the amendment, I thought Margaret Sanger would be delighted at this. What I couldn't understand was that an African-American representative and a woman would present such a thing because it is so damaging to the black community. And I will have to say we had a number of tremendous um, African-American pro-life supporters that were in the gallery during the vote that were absolutely horrified at this amendment. They were so disturbed uh, that even after the vote, even after we won, when we went out into the lobby, they cried. And they said, we, we've got a lot of work to do because we're, there is just a definite disconnect here. And, and uh, we have to, you know, every child, every single child has a right to life. It doesn't matter the color. And we also had another amendment that also exempted mentally and physically handicapped children, which, again, is extraordinary discrimination. And, of course, we didn't we tabled all those amendments and didn't, didn't put any of them into the bill. But it was revealing. It was disturbing. It, it kind of made me very sad and very heartbreaking. But, uh, I, you know, hopefully this is going to be a time now for healing and trying to understand where that where that kind of thinking comes from. Representative Keller, this has been a very easy conversation to have with you because you and I see eye to eye on all of it. Um, but I'm going to ask you one that's a little more challenging now before you go, because uh, there are people who also ag- agree with us about the right to life and about all children deserve to be protected, et cetera, et cetera, but have said to me off the air that they have a problem with this particular bill being law because of the uh, lack of, a, of an exception for rape and incest. And I know that you've heard this for a long time, and a lot of people talk about this on the national level as well. Um, how do you respond to that, the, the notion that um, a woman who was not irresponsible in becoming pregnant, a woman who, uh, a woman who was victimized in a violent manner, um, mm-hmm. is now forced, essentially, if she doesn't find out that she's pregnant until five or six weeks after the event, she is forced to carry for nine months uh, and undergo the body changes that a, that a mother does that she had not planned to undergo um, you know, in, in, in a terrible situation like this to, to carry a baby that is not something that she, she was responsible for. She was a victim, uh, and that this victimizes her further. And uh, that's what some people have asked. How do you respond to that? Well, um, I do, that is a question that we get, you know, very frequently. I, I do. Sure. Um, and so I'm, you know, I'm a wife and mother now, and I'm a grandmother now. But when I was 15, I was raped by a substitute teacher when I was in high school. And so you better believe I gave a lot of thought to this, to that part of the bill and considered it quite a lot. Um, what it comes down to is you either believe this is a life or you don't believe this is a life. And that, it's not a... a 
in a way, it's a black and white issue when you think of it that way. Pregnancy is not a disease. Abortion is not health care. So when, when a woman conceives, um, you know, in a situation like that, of course, it's extremely rare, less than 2% of the time. Of course. But, and it's extremely unfortunate. Um, but you have to, you know, when you, when you come to the understanding, I believe, as I said again, through science and technology, this is a separate person, another person. And under our Constitution, every person has a right to live. No one gave you that right. You were born with that right to breathe. No one gave it to you. So they can't take it away from you by law. And as legislators, it's our job to protect the citizens of Ohio, every citizen, born and unborn. So it's a difficult, believe me, I get it. I run a pregnancy center. I, I get it. I understand. And incest is a whole other topic that we could do a whole show on. But the truth is people have a lot of things that happen in their lives they have no control over. But statistics show, Gutmacher shows, that more than 90% of women who abort when they've been raped regret the abortion more than they do, the, uh, regret the rape more than they, I'm sorry, yeah, regret the abortion more than they do the rape because they didn't choose to be raped, but they chose the abortion. And so it, it's traumatic all across the board, and it's a hard thing to talk about. It is out there. But, uh, you know, we have to respect life no matter how it comes about and. um I think God honors that, you know. I really, um, I, I know this is tough, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I especially have seen groups, uh, panel discussions amongst uh, people who were born uh, after being conceived of rape. And um, mm -hmm. they are, of course, so grateful to their parents that, uh, you know, to their mother, uh, rather, I should say, that they, you know, made the decisions that they did to give them an opportunity to live. And uh, um, so there are there are many different points of view that have to be considered on this. And I think you're right. Not only this, but you mentioned the incest part of this as well. There are entire shows that could be done on this with with really well thoughtful and 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 uh, appropriate discussions, um, because there are very you know, significant and appropriate feelings, I think, on both sides of that issue, even amongst people who believe in the right to life for all. Uh, uh, Representative Keller, I wish I had more time for you now, but I really appreciate you coming on for as long as you did. Really, really wonderful. I'm so happy uh, to know that we are taking the right steps in this state, and hopefully more steps will follow suit as well so that we can save the lives of millions and not just thousands uh, or tens of thousands uh, here in the state of Ohio. And I thank you so much for your efforts in that regard. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Representative Candace Keller on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. We're right back after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, 1057, I apologize for not having a lot of time to take phone calls here today. We listened to the Bill Barr press conference, and then I had a couple of very important guests to talk to, so my apologies for not getting everybody on. We'll do try to squeeze a couple in here before the top, though. Tony in South Euclid, you're on the air. Tony, go ahead. Yeah, quickly. Listen, uh, I, don't, I work seven days a week, so I don't get a chance to listen to all information, but I do listen to you a lot, Mr. France. I need to ask mm -hmm. you a question. This sure. bill regarding this uh, abortion thing, so what, what we're hearing then, or what is truth here, what is uh, uh, law, is that a woman can still have an abortion after conception between a heartbeat? Uh, before a heartbeat is detected. 
before a heartbeat is detected. If there is no heartbeat detected, she can have the abortive procedure uh, is the way that the law reads. Once a heartbeat is detected, then it is deemed, obviously, yeah. by law, that there is a second person here because no individual person has two hearts. Once there are two hearts, Heart. there are two people, and that's yeah. why that, that child is protected. Well, you know, I, this is what I feel. I'm neutral in this, okay? I, I believe that a woman should have the right to make a decision, but I do. I would hope not that she would not have an abortion. This is where I stand, but this is where I feel right. about this. Well, I, I, pr- that I appreciate that, and I hope they don't do that either. Norm, I, or, I mean, uh, Tony, i got to jet. i got to get Norm on, too, before we're done here. Uh, Navy man Norm, I only have 45 seconds. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, Bob, I'll disagree with your previous caller because you cannot be neutral when it comes to life. You know, the uh, the right to life, you, you can see in the words of Christ in Revelation 3.16 when he says, if thou, art, uh, if thou art lukewarm or neither cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You have to be either for it or against it, and that's the only stand. But I thank God for representatives like Keller and like President uh, Pfeiffer of Oklahoma, Wesleyan University, because they renew my faith. They motivate me just like you do every morning, Bob, when I get a little despondent and start having a little pity party for myself and say, what was us? What can we do to fight this? Navy Man Norm, that is so kind of you to say. I have to cut you off, though, because we're done. Mike Gallagher is next. Thank you so much. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.